Well, good morning. Today we're going to continue on in our study of the book of Matthew chapter 26. We've been in Matthew chapter 26 for quite some time now, but Lord willing, we're going to go ahead and finish up Matthew chapter 26 today. So please go ahead and open your Bibles up there. And the last time that we gathered, we studied up through verse 45, and where after Jesus had finished his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that then he came to his disciples and said to them, to them, are you still sleeping and resting? So this is in Matthew chapter 26, verse 45. Jesus approaches his disciples, who he had asked to keep watch with him, right? To be there with him, to be there for him during this difficult time that he was going through. But again, he says, then he came to, to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. And I expounded on that in our last study about how we need to examine ourselves spiritually and to be sure that we are not in a spiritual stupor ourselves, thinking that we are ready for the coming of the Lord only to find out that we might end up having a rude awakening. So it's important that we examine ourselves constantly to see where we are in Christ, to see where we are in the faith. But if you haven't heard that teaching or you'd like to hear any of our other teachings, you can find them on our website, which is on the screen here. But for those of you that are listening via uh, audio only, our website is www.aloveoutreach.com. You can find all of our teachings there. Uh, But also, please be sure to look us up on YouTube and subscribe to us there, as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, Periscope, Twitch, and uh, we're on Facebook as well. But the most important thing that you and I must do from a spiritual standpoint, is what Jesus says here in verse 46. So Matthew 26, 46, if you're just joining us. He says, rise, let us be going. Rise, rise up, right? Let us be going. And you see, in that day and age when Jesus was walking the earth, he had an enemy, And that's why he says here, he had many enemies, but he says here, see, my betrayer is at hand. But you and I must realize today that we too have an enemy. In the epistle of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you realize that? You see, that is the role of the enemy. That is the role of Satan in this world as we now know it. He is seeking whom he may devour. He's looking to devour people. 
He's looking to destroy lives. He's looking to lie to people, which we'll get into here a little bit later. But with Jesus, Judas here was someone that Satan got a hold of. And if you followed our study thus far through uh, Matthew chapter 26, you'll know what I'm talking about here in regards to Judas, right? He was someone that Satan got a hold of, his soul. And, he, and, and Satan used Judas to betray Jesus. To, today, Satan still loves to devour the souls of men and women, young and old, to get you to take your eyes off of the work of the Lord, the things of the Lord, to make it so that the Lord is someone that you betray in a sense because you crucify him to yourself. You don't pay any attention to him. You don't know his plan for your life, right? The devil, Satan, the enemy, the enemy of your soul, he comes to take from you. As the father of lies, he will lie to you and to get you believing all kinds of falsehoods simply to devour your soul. And he'll use any means available. He'll use the false doctrine of certain Bible teachers. He'll use the things of the world, politics, the news media. We'll talk about that as well as we go on. But he wants, you to, he wants to get you believe in all kinds of falsehoods simply for the purpose of devouring your soul. And this is why we must be sober, be vigilant, be spiritually awake. 2020, this year has been a year of lies. And so many people are displaying that they are in a spiritual stupor. They are living in fear, the fear of financial collapse, the fear of sickness, the fear of death. All kinds of fear is ruling the lives of people today. Lies are being told. Remember, it's the enemy, it's Satan who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we need to wake up. We need to rise up, as Jesus says there. Rise. Let us get going. But you see, with Satan, it's not your body that he's after, but yet so much time is spent focused on the physical, the outward appearance. Everything that's outward, everything that you can see and touch and taste and smell, so much devotion is put toward those things, right? But it's your soul that you may be losing. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world? In other words, we look to all the external things. We look to the outward appearance. We look at our bodies. We look at this, that, and the other thing all around us, our finances, all of these things that, that really in the end are going to mean absolutely nothing. But we look to these things and Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he gain all of that? He gained the whole world, but yet he, lose, he loses his soul. And he says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, there's nothing more valuable than your soul. And that's where the enemy is working in your life. 
And today, this is a, another exhortational teaching, as I tend to do, to say, rise up. Let us get going, as Jesus says there in verse 46. Right? It, it's time to spiritually rise up and get going. The enemy is at your door. He's looking to devour you. And you could be distracted by many things. And in this part of the story, the enemy has sent people to go and to get Jesus. In verse 47, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the 12, with a great multitude with swords and, and clubs came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Pretty crazy, huh? Pretty crazy that Jesus called Judas friend here. This must have cut Judas to the core. Here he is betraying the Lord for 30 pieces of silver, some cheap amount, right? The only begotten son of God, he's betraying him. And Jesus calls him friend. Do you know what though? Maybe you came upon this video, came upon this audio, and, and you hate God for some reason. You're angry with God. Maybe you could care less about his plan for your life. Maybe you came up upon, again, this, this teaching here, and you want nothing to do with what I'm teaching today. But Jesus is still offering you the opportunity to be a friend of God. You see, Jesus hasn't done nothing to you. He hasn't betrayed you, but maybe you're making the choice in your life to betray him, but he still gives you the opportunity to be a friend of God. For Judas here, he was at the point of no return. He has now completely betrayed Jesus. But I guarantee you something here. You are not at that point. doesn't matter what you've done, where you are. You are not at that point yet. There is still space for repentance in your heart, and that's why you're hearing this teaching today. See, today, his, his great mercy and his great love, the offer of grace is still being extended to whosoever will, whoever will come to him. But Judas has done this dirty deed, dirt cheap, right? And as Satan is always willing to do, and in verse 51, it says, And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut his ear off. Now, do you know who that was? Well, the Gospel of John chapter 18 and verse 10 tells us that that was Peter that did that. You see, up until this point, Peter was willing to fight. He said earlier in this chapter that he would die for the Lord, and here he stands up to fight. But this won't be the case in just a little while longer. Everything's going to change, and you'll see that as we read on. 
We know that once Jesus is fully in captivity, that Peter will deny ever knowing the Lord. Think about that. Think about your circumstance. Again, if you're someone that's betrayed the Lord with, from within your own soul, you've denied the Lord. Well, Peter got another chance. We'll talk about that too, right? But this is the, the fickleness, though, of a person that is standing in their own strength like we talked about a couple weeks back or so, right? And not walking in the Spirit. They, they can fight outwardly, but within their soul, they're missing something. They're missing the Spirit of the Lord. But Jesus said to him in verse 52 here, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Right? Jesus is saying, this has got to be, this is, this is what it's all about now, right? But Peter was willing to fight with physical means. But there was something far greater to be accomplished here. And that's what Jesus is pointing out, that it's something spiritual, something unseen, something non-physical. Jesus had all the power and the authority at his fingertips. He could turn water to wine and, water to wine and give sight to the blind, right? He could curse trees and give strength to feeble knees. He didn't need Peter to fight a physical battle for him. He wanted Peter and he wants you and me to understand spiritual matters. What he was about to go through was what he came to earth to do in the first place. He was going to the cross to take away the sin of the world and to make it possible that if anyone so desires... And if anyone is willing to repent, they can come to him and find eternal rest for their souls. He came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus was about to fulfill that which had already been written about him long before he came to the earth. And in verse 55 in that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? Remember, they've laid hands on him, and Jesus is saying this. Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. You see, the reason that they hadn't seen, seized him before is because it wasn't yet his time. But now it is, and, and all is going according to a greater plan at this point in time. But these ones that are taking Jesus forcefully, they don't, they don't know what they're doing, but it's all part of God's plan. Remember when Jesus died on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You see, Jesus is looking at the soul. He's looking at the heart. But there's an enemy that's at work in this world. And there's an enemy that wants to be at work within your soul. He, he, he is seeking whom he may devour. 
Verse 56, but all of this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples, look at this, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. That, that should be a verse in and of itself right there. Verse 56b, right? All the disciples forsook him and fled. These wonderfully loyal, I will die for you, Jesus friends. Where are they now? But again, like I said a few weeks back, I don't put myself above them. If not for the leading of the Holy Spirit, there go I. I talked about that in our last study as well. Again, please go and listen to that study if you haven't already. But times are getting worse and worse in this world. Evil is rising up. If you're not seeing it, then you need to for sure examine whether you are in a spiritual stupor or not. If you're not seeing that things are getting worse and worse in this world. Whereas Jesus said to his disciples, are you still sleeping? That may apply to us if we're not careful. But it really is the time to wake up. The day of the second coming of the Lord is drawing near. And if it doesn't come soon enough, your day of death is getting all the more closer as well. It's time to wake up. It's time to rise up spiritually. Don't forsake Jesus because there will not be another opportunity for salvation. No way to heaven, no way to the Father except through Jesus Christ alone. At least Peter and all the other disciples are going to get another chance of repentance and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we read this story, they're going to get another chance. But we don't have another chance. We have Jesus and Jesus only. Repentance and faith in Jesus is the only hope for the souls that are in this world today. The story continues in verse 57. And those who laid hold of Jesus led him uh, away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and, and he sat with the servants to see the end. Hmm. It was the end, all right. <laughs> Not, not the end of everything for Peter, but it was the end of three years of sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning how one should live, learning how to be a disciple of Jesus. He taught his disciples about humility in that period of time. He taught them to choose their words carefully. He taught them that violence was not the answer, that riches are not the answer that prayer is powerful, and that above all else, he taught them that it's what's in your heart that matters. This world will lie to you. Okay? It, it, will, cheat, it will cheat you. It will steal from you. They would see Jesus again, though, the disciples. 
after he rose from the grave. But all of those life lessons, all the courses on how they should live, would now be all in the past. But thankfully, think about this, thankfully, for for you and me today, the Spirit of the Lord reminded them of all that the Lord had said and done when the Spirit came upon them. And you know what they did? They wrote down as much of it as they could. They couldn't write everything down. John, the Apostle John said, I suppose if everything were to be written down that Jesus said and did, I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but he said, I suppose that all the books in the world couldn't contain it. It was just John's way of saying he did so much while he was here, that three-year period of time. But thankfully for us, though, they did write something down, and we have it in our Bibles today to read and to learn from so that we too can be disciples of Jesus and follow Jesus. Right Now, what would he do? Jesus is about to be crucified, and he didn't want to see all of this come to an end, right? Peter, right? But, but what, what's he going to do now? So what did he do? He stayed curious, right? He followed at a distance. This was a troubling time for him. But there was still so much more to come, so much more that the Lord was going to do in the heart of Peter, And today, there is still so much more that the Lord wants to do in and through you if you are willing to leave all and to follow him. Like Peter and the disciples of that day, we too, as modern day disciples of Jesus, we are a work in progress. When it looks the darkest, it's when the light is about to shine but we must stay the course. We must rise up. And if you haven't come to Christ, you must be willing to be crucified with Christ and to walk by faith in Him, to die to yourself, to give your life entirely to Him. And if you are already a follower, a disciple of Christ, well, then this is an exhortation to rise up, get going, Get out of that spiritual stupor. Start to serve the Lord. The time is drawing near. The story continues, verse 59. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward. Man, out of the woodwork. Oh, look at this. All of a sudden, look what we've got. We've got some evidence here. Oh, look what we've got here, right? Verse 61, and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now, you know what? Jesus did say that. So these two witnesses were telling the truth somewhat. Right? They were actually twisting the truth of what Jesus said. Because Jesus, when he said that, was not speaking about the physical temple, the place that they loved so much, the religious folks loved so much. 
but rather he was speaking about his own body. And they would destroy it. And he would rise up again in that body, a glorified body. And keep in mind, and if you haven't yet, you need to learn that the truth is in this world that the truth is twisted. That's the truth. The truth is twisted. The truth is very often twisted in this world. News outlets are full of outright lies and twisting of the truth. Newspapers, magazines, social media today, all of these things are twisting the truth. And as a result of twisting the truth, you know what they're doing? They're twisting the minds of the ignorant. They're twisting the minds of those that are in a stupor that will just believe anything that's said. This is why as a Christian, the scripture tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to believe the lies. We're going to see through it. We're to not be conformed to this world, but rather to be transformed. You'll find that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I've asked this before, but I'll bring it up again. How much time have you spent in the Bible in the last few weeks in comparison to how much time you've spent on social media? With your face in the internet. Remember, you have an adversary who wants to destroy your soul. Garbage in, garbage out. Lies in, you're going to start to believe him. He seeks to devour you, your enemy. And the place where he does your work is in your mind. What you're putting in what you're allowing in, what you're allowing your eyes to see and your ears to hear, what you're believing as truth without checking it at all. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to be lied to left and right and deceived. And you're going to be actually living a life that's anti-God, doing things that are against the will of God. You see, Satan is cunningly deceptive. And he sneaks into your mind via news reports and social media platforms, just like I'm on right here, right? And he wants to try to persuade you to believe all kinds of things that aren't true. And let me tell you something else. I have no problem with telling you to check and to see if what I am telling you is true or not. Can you imagine a news station or your Facebook feeds or things like that telling you, hey, I'm not, you need to check if this is true or not. And then you do it. Do they tell you to do that? See, I'm telling you to do that. But you see, because it's time to wake up, to rise up, to get going, to go to God yourself in prayer and see what he reveals to you. You don't like what I'm saying? Ask God. Go to God. Go to God and see what he wants to do in your heart. It's between you and God. You see, in the end, you're not going to have any excuse. You're not going to say, oh, my pastor didn't tell me that. 
Oh, my pastor taught me this instead. I didn't know that I had to repent. I didn't know that I had to walk in holiness and righteousness and, 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 and walk in a way that was pleasing to God, that was in, according with the word, in accordance to the word of God. I didn't know that. Now, nah, that excuse isn't going to fly because you're the one that's got to bow the knee to Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. What are you going to do in that day? So rise up, wake up. You see, don't, don't just take what I'm saying or any other pastor that you put on a pedestal or priest or whatever it may be, right? Psalm 118.8, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Don't put your confidence in man. Don't put your confidence in YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, any of these things, Twitter. That's what they want you to do. They want you to just believe everything they say. They want to twist it up because they're led by the father of lies if they're not born again of the Spirit. I'm not saying there's not someone in Twitter or Facebook or somewhere, and, and Facebook, I'm sure, full of people that have come to Christ that are using the platform for a good purpose, to preach the gospel, to exhort other people to live for Jesus. I'm not, I'm not putting it down completely, but I'm just saying you've got to test it. You've got to check it. You've got to rise up yourself. You've got to wake up yourself spiritually, Right? Always test what you hear. But let me tell you something far, even far more important here. And, and I just want to focus you back on this right now. There's nothing more important than the condition of your soul. Because you will die, and so will I. But what the most important thing is, is that we must seek out in this lifetime, the source of ultimate truth. Is there a God? Does he love you? You see, I've found that answer in my life. That's why I do what I do. It was all contained in the pages of the Bible for me. Nothing I could do about it. I read the Bible. I was born again, born again of the Spirit. Spirit came upon me, and I began to walk in the Lord. 34 years ago, I made that choice. I made that decision. But you must seek that out on your own. You see, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you want to rise up? Do you want to wake up? Do you want to be spiritually alive? Do you want it to be well with your soul? Do you want to find rest for your soul? Do you want to have peace in your heart? And get your mind off of this world. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Stop buying the lies that are eating you up inside. Verse 62. I'm going to go ahead on with the story here. Satan is still spreading many, many lies and deceiving multitudes of people today. But in verse 62, this story continues. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? So here they are accusing Jesus. Oh, he said this, right? That's how Satan works. He'll try this. If it doesn't work, he'll try this. If it doesn't work, he'll try this. He's relentless till he gets what he wants in this world, till he destroys that which is good in you and in this world. That's what he wants because his, his days are numbered. His time is short. 
But they're saying to Jesus here, do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? I mean, who cares what these men testify against you? They're lying, right? But here Caiaphas is, is acting like they're speaking the absolute truth. But Jesus kept silent, it says in verse 63. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. But isn't that amazing what we read here in those verses? Here is this religious hypocrite high priest talking to the living God and putting him under oath in the name of the living God. It just goes to show you how ignorant we people can be, right? I don't want to be pointing fingers at other people because without the Spirit of the Lord, there go I. If I'm not yielding to the Spirit of the Lord and walking in the truth of the Word of God and putting it in my heart, there go I. Right? They're going to put Jesus to death and as the living God, he's going to rise again and he's going to ascend into heaven upon the clouds and he's going to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. But this high priest couldn't handle the truth. When Jesus said back there, let me read it again, verse 64, Jesus said to him, it is as you said. It is as you said. And Caiaphas couldn't handle that. Verse 65, then the high priest tore his clothes saying, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard this blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, he is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? Do you see this hatred that's coming out of the hearts of those that couldn't stand to see the truth? Do we see that in our world today? Do we see people rising up in hatred and going out and destroying things? Going out and destroying buildings? Looting and burning things down and, and full of hatred? There's nothing different in our world today. People who don't want the truth will go out and act violently and kill and steal and destroy all because they don't want to walk in righteousness and truth and they want to get what they want. Jesus did nothing deserving of death as they say he was here. But, but again, this world is full of lies. It's full of destruction. It's full of hatred. And in this world, though, guess what? Lies do prevail. They prevail. In this world, oftentimes we see those that rise up and go out and do evil be victorious. But it won't be long. 
It won't be long before Christ will rule and will reign in the lives of those who choose to enter his kingdom and bow to him as king. Those who choose to repent and choose to walk in righteousness. This world, as we now know it, will very soon come to an end. I'm not making no predictions. I'm not saying no time. But again, it it will happen. It is coming. Verse 69, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who said to him before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. So he went out. And wept bitterly. Again, there was going to be another chance for Peter. He will have the opportunity to repent. And here he is remorseful for his sin. That's the first step for you. Be remorseful for your sin. To be ultimately filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter would go on to live the rest of his life after that as a servant of the Lord and to die for the Lord. So how about you today? Have you been denying the Lord with the way you live your life? Have you been considering the Lord but lurking in the shadows of this world? Letting the lies of this world eat you up, devour your soul? Letting the enemy who roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour take your soul? Well, today's the day. You've listened to all this. You can check it. See if it's true. Then make the choice yourself to come to Jesus. And for some of you, you've been professing faith in the Lord, saying that you stand for the Lord, but your actions are more like those that are led by the God of this age, the little g God of this age, Satan. You've allowed your emotions to be your guide, like Peter with the sword in the garden, doing the wrong thing. Here you are thinking you're doing the right thing, thinking you're professing faith in Jesus Christ, but yet you're going out and doing the wrong thing, making the wrong choices, siding with the side of evil and and all of doing these type of things? You think you have to stand for something in this world even though it's against the will of the Lord because you don't know the truth, because you're in a spiritual stupor and you're just, like I said, letting your emotions guide you? You've bought the lies because you've trusted the false witnesses Just like Caiaphas, oh yeah, these two guys said this, this is it, we're killing you, Jesus. 
Oh yeah, well look at this. Well, social media says this about this, says this about that. Oh, I believe it. So therefore, I'm going to take my stand based on what I'm hearing, not on what I know in my own heart to be true. And that's what I'm pointing you to, what you know in your heart. That's what Jesus taught his disciples, that it's about the heart. And it's out of the heart that evil comes. And if you're all filled with hatred and bitterness and you're angry, you found yourself there, you're not filled with the spirit of the Lord because it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's time to get your face out of Facebook for a little bit and put your face in the truth. Pick up your dust-filled Bible and find out what God says about things. Does what you allow in your mind on a daily basis What you believe, what you stand for, does it line up with the word of God? That's such an important question. Does what you believe, does what you stand for, does what you back, does what you support line up with the word of God? It's a new day, folks. God's mercy awaits you today. It's time to repent. It's time to rise up, as Jesus said. And get going. Wake up. Rise up. And most importantly, repent. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, your living word. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes in and it cuts, Lord. It does a work within us, Lord. But what do we do? What do we do when your word does a work? What do we do when that seed is planted? That seed of truth is planted within us. As we see it in your word, what do we do? What do we do with it, Lord? Do we let the enemy come and devour it and take it away? Or do we stand and repent? Just like Peter, he wept bitterly. He, he was full of remorse for the life that he, was, that he had lived, for what he had, he had done to Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for people's hearts today that are hearing this message, that they would weep bitterly, that they would be remorseful within their hearts for what they have done to you, Jesus, in crucifying you to themselves trampling your blood under their feet and not caring all that you've done for them and all that you desire to do, Lord. You have an abundant life for those that will believe on you. Life more abundantly. That's what you came to give. But it is the enemy who came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I pray, Lord, for repentance in the lives of people today that will hear this message. And Lord, if nobody hears this message, I know that by your spirit, you can still work. And as I pray unto you, Lord, I pray that your spirit will work in this world, in this country, in this city, in this town, in this state, in all the states of this country, Lord. But the entire world, Lord, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's what your word says, Lord. And your word is truth. And I pray 
that this seed that's been planted in people's heart today will sprout forth new life within them. God, thank you for this time together in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Thanks for listening. Again, if you have any questions, go to our website, www.aloveoutreach.com. You can click on the contact form and contact us that way. Have a great day.